estate planning made easy. This is The Strong Room on 770 CHQR, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Now that you're through getting your income tax filing done for 2017, it's time to think about 2018. It's time to act on getting your financial house in order. That should start with learning about creating a life plan. Macmillan Estate Planning offers three opportunities to do just that. Tuesday, May 29th in Edmonton, Wednesday, May 30th in Red Deer, and Thursday, May 31st in Calgary. You can register online for any of those seminars at macmillanestate.com. It's a chance to get your house in order before summer. A chance for some peace of mind because you have a plan for your life going forward. Don't put it off. Check out macmillanestate.com or call the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464. And now to a discussion on probate with two of the experts on the subject from Macmillan Estate Planning. Terrell Bish is a paralegal. Henry Villanueva is legal counsel. First question concerns how and when the probate process begins. After somebody has passed away, then their will is sent to the court clerks for a grant of probate. And that allows the executors, who will then be referred to as the personal representatives, to administer the will. Uh, What do we need to know about um, the, the the probate process? When it applies, when it doesn't apply, um, how long it takes, what does it cost? So probate fees in Alberta, um, we're pretty lucky in the sense that it's a set fee. Uh, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, Henry, about 545 Correct. It's pretty minimal compared yeah. to other provinces and jurisdictions. Yeah. So ours is a set fee. Um, it's, it, like Henry said, it's quite minimal. Uh, the probate process involves anything that was not jointly held or directly designated to a beneficiary needs to pass through the probate process. Essentially, it's the court approving that the executor is going to administer the will as the testator hoped. If they have done a life plan, can make life a lot easier for the personal representative in terms of bequests and in terms of being specific about what he or she wants done with his or her assets. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of what we promote is setting up a memorandum of wishes in your will. Um, It's not legally binding, but it can be attached to the will. And it makes the executor's life essentially a lot easier in that it's, it's written out quite clearly, you know, what you bequest to somebody, the executor can handle that directly and it doesn't have to go through probate. What complicates probate, Terrell? What, what kinds of things can make the process longer? or more costly uh, because certain things weren't provided uh, by the testator before he or she passed? Um, Having executors that live out of province are probably the hardest to probate. Um, You have to, you know, track them down and the the logistics of, of getting the probate application signed and having all of the um, assets and debts called in accurately, um, it makes it a little bit more complicated than it would be otherwise. The other thing would be if you don't update your life plan accordingly um, and your executor named may have predeceased or is unable 
could be incapable of handling your estate fares, um, then you know it could could be left to the courts to determine who would be the next person best for that job. Okay, then let's go back before the testator passed. He or she has done a life plan. Let's talk about what needs to be in that plan uh, to satisfy the legalities when the will is filed for probate. Definitely, you, the, the executor has, most importantly, a fiduciary duty to comply with the will, um, and they have to do so in good faith. Uh, you want somebody that you trust, somebody that you know is going to handle your affairs in you know a responsible manner. Um, in some cases, you know we've had examples where an executor has been named but is not the best with money and may compromise the estate, and it just drags it out. It becomes a long battle of legalities, liabilities, things of that nature. Uh, Henry, let's take a case study and maybe let's take a good and a bad one or a case of uh, a good one where somebody has has done their homework, has done a, a life plan, has done a will uh, and the process from the point of death until the assets are awarded is pretty straightforward. Let's take that scenario first. Uh, and a good example would be uh, John and Betty. John uh Predeceased Betty, and uh, we have had the pleasure of planning for John and Betty's estate. And uh, when John passed, it was a pretty difficult time for Betty, and we were there for her. And uh, of course, you know, it wasn't her favorite thing to do right away, but she had to take care of John's affairs. It's inevitable, and you can only prolong it for so long. So she came in back to our office and basically approached us saying, What is there for her to do now? Uh, and she's ready to do her homework. She's ready to, you know, take time away from her hobbies in order to deal with uh, John's estate and what would happen after that. We spent uh, some sessions with uh, Betty, but it wasn't as hard as what Betty would have expected. During their lifetime, they uh, and we had the pleasure of planning their estate and we, we did it in a way that we would minimize probate work. And it served our purpose. Uh, their homes were transferred uh, to her uh, by a spousal rollover because they were jointly named on title. So that was easy and quick. Aside from that, uh, their uh, funds uh, through investment vehicles were moved over to her because she was named beneficiary. So that uh, went to her pretty quick as well. And it was only a couple of few investments outside trust law and uh, some other real estate uh, that needed to be probate. But I'd like uh, to, um, to share with you um, how that probate application uh, went through and what particular assets didn't have to be on that application and what assets needed to be. What do you think, Terrell? So assets that need to be included, as Henry said, is anything that is not directly um, designated to a beneficiary or anything jointly held. Um, we want to call in as many of the exact values as possible, both assets and liabilities. So any credit card debts, any vehicles held jointly in your name, any loans all need to be listed. Credit cards, property held only in your name, um, clothing, personal effects, jewelry. We want to list as much as possible um, just to make it as clear as possible. The other important thing that needs to be listed on the debts is the funeral expenses. The court likes to see a breakdown of all funeral costs 
although it's not a debt to the deceased, it is considered for the purposes of the application a debt to the estate and therefore needs to be listed. Absolutely. Another issue that we have to deal with when we um, attend to probate matters are the beneficiaries. We need to make sure that all the beneficiaries as named on the will are first able to be located and also sign what's called a release because that release document is important because one of the roles of the trustee or the personal representative is to make sure that there be a minimal contest on the will and that beneficiaries uh, who have not been who have not received their share would not be chasing after the estate so we need to locate them and sometimes uh, that's a challenge because from our experience at Macmillan uh, beneficiaries do not stay put. Usually beneficiaries move to other provinces, some may be located abroad and overseas, but again, there is a necessity to obtain those signatures for releases because that's one of the trustee or that's one of the personal representative's duties. And that's one of the things that sometimes can happen in dysfunctional families as well, where someone, the, the, the idea of the exercise is to get it to the point where nobody contests the will because that just drags out the process. But in the event that there is, uh, you know, a dysfunctional family or a black sheep member or something like that, uh, that's the kind of thing that can hold up the, the probate process. Absolutely, Peter. Terrell, can you share with us uh, what happened in the estate that took quite a long time? So we had uh, an incident where the family was estranged. Father had made the will 30, 40 years prior, hadn't updated anything. Um, in the meantime, during his lifetime, all of his, his, all of his children had fallen apart from each other. Uh, one daughter became especially estranged and was unable to be located. Um, in essence, we ended up having to hire a private investigator to find said daughter and, and obtain what we needed for the purposes of the grant. It can be quite lengthy and it can be quite costly. Absolutely. And another um, interesting point there coming off Terrell's discussion is, had the family been able to plan what the expectations of the children were during their lifetime, such as what we do at Macmillan, they wouldn't have this concern. Had the family had the opportunity in their lifetime to discuss with the kids on what is sentimental in mom and dad's estate and given that to them, they wouldn't have had uh, to um, go through all this um, work when the estate is being probated. So the lesson as it relates to probate is the same lesson that applies to taxes and health care and other aspects of life. Don't leave the planning until it's too late. Get it done now. You'll avoid costs you didn't anticipate or plan for. And you'll have the peace of mind that comes with a job well done. Call Macmillan Estate Planning to arrange a consultation at 403-266-6464. That's our program for this week. Thanks for joining us on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.